0: This is Mindset for Success, with your host, Dr. Leslie Knudsen. Each week, she will interview women entrepreneurs to explore the unconscious psychological struggles they faced as they build their businesses and how they overcame them. Here's your host, Leslie Knudsen.
1: I'm very happy to welcome our next guest for this week's podcast, Priscilla McKinney. Priscilla is the CEO of Little Bird Marketing, a popular keynote speaker, prolific blogger, digital transformation consultant, industry innovator, and diversity champion. Best known for making waves in the digital marketing industry, she has received numerous design, entrepreneurship, and industry, industry awards. Along with her expert team, she developed the SOAR system, a content, content marketing strategy for sustainable light lead generation. Priscilla personifies creativity, entrepreneurship, and authentic leadership, inspiring others to truly carve out their own path of success in her uniquely funny, no-nonsense, and slightly irreverent way. She is the host of Ponderings from the Perch, the Little Bird Marketing Company podcast. Oh, and don't give her caffeine, she doesn't need it. Welcome, Priscilla. Priscilla. (laughs)
2: Leslie, I am so excited to get to talk with you again.
1: (laughs) Priscilla, can you start um, by sharing with our listeners a bit about your very international and exciting and diverse growing up?
2: Yeah, my parents are interesting adventurers and wanderers, and so I had the very fortunate privilege of growing up in Spain and being what we would refer to as a third culture kid and eventually multilingual, and so I am the fifth of five girls. We had a very interesting childhood, mostly involving uh, matching dresses, a lot of singing for our
1: supper, uh, Mm. puppetry, and flannel graphs. How's that? (laughs) Wow. So creative. Yes. Creative and lots of female support.
2: Absolutely. You didn't get much time in the bathroom by yourself, but you did get a lot of female support.
1: (laughs) And when did you come to the U.S.? How old were you? I came back when I was uh,
2: 16, going on 17, my uh, junior and senior year in high school. So I went to four different high schools in three different countries. Was that
1: difficult for you?
2: You know, for me, it was really great, but that was not really the case for all of my siblings. You know, I think different personalities, different natural styles thrive in different environments. For me, it was very, very positive.
1: And do you know why it was positive, what you did or your innate ability that allowed you to see it as positive, exciting, adventurous, much like your parents, I guess? I don't think I could
2: chalk that up to something about me so much as the luck of the draw of maybe just how I'm wired. Of course, nature mm-hmm. informed how I'm wired a little bit, but, you know, I, I think that there is nature, nurture on both sides, and I think in that way I just count myself fortunate and, and just keep in mind that, you know, yes, I did the best I could with what I got, but what I got was actually very in alignment with what I like.
1: Mm-hmm. And what you're good at, by the way.
2: Yeah, I, I, I do have a natural ability there, connecting with people, and if you can imagine, you know, growing up and moving every six months, even within one country, you know, we moved constantly, and so that really did fall in line with my ability to read a room, to connect with people, to, you know, really quickly make
1: quite deep friendships. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, which kind of leads us to my next question, which is... What tell me about your entrepreneur journey which led you to Little Bird Marketing?
2: Well, I put myself through school getting a degree in cultural anthropology and I decided I just needed to work. And so I started working in the banking industry and you know, that's just because that's what paid. But okay. I went in, you know, for cultural anthropology because I love studying cultures and I love to think about how we agree as a society to behave together. We all have this interesting social contact contract and it's different from culture to culture and I knew that from growing up and I I really wanted to explore that Uh, so I just started working and working but eventually when I got the opportunity to buy some leasehold improvements on a marketing firm I absolutely took somebody up on that and it just fell into exactly what I really had been doing kind of in a back room with people I kind of couldn't help myself but give people marketing advice or ideas about how we could really engage people and maybe direct their behavior a little bit more by understanding them, by having empathy or by even looking at neuroscience and understanding how we agree to work. So eventually I got the opportunity
1: to do that and
2: I've never looked
1: back. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And I think you also mentioned to me you had colleagues who were really validating of your uh, ability to do marketing too, which made it kind of an eye-opening experience for you to think of doing something other than banking.
2: I think that's a really great point because I think sometimes other people can call out natural right. skills in us that we can't see and even my husband who is such a close confidant for me and such a big supporter of what I do, he saw it and he's like, you know, every time you talk with someone and you do free marketing consulting, do you know how happy you
1: are when you come home? Mm-hmm. There you go. And that was insightful. Mm-hmm. Let me ask you this. You talk about being comfortable with risk, but your sister's not necessarily. Any idea why risk is not something that is scary? Gosh, I don't know <laughs> if it's.
2: <laughs> I don't know if it's not scary for me. It is scary, but I am okay with being scared. I guess that's really the way it comes down. I think mm-hmm. a lot of times people think that people who are outgoing don't have the nerves or don't have the anxiety or you know that it's not easy for you know, or that it's easier for them to get into an uncomfortable situation. I don't know that it's any easier for me. It's just that I'm willing to do it. I'm willing to go through those, uh, you know, those all those machinations internally because I see the value at the end, and I'm more, I'm more in tune with the value at the end of what I'm going to get than I am of the discomfort that I'm going to have getting there.
1: So you don't get stuck in feeling the discomfort.
2: Right. I just assume that everybody feels uncomfortable, <laughs> and i just got to make it through it.
1: <laughs> okay, okay. All right, so part of being able to have the mindset for success is to just go with the end goal.
2: Yeah, and I think you have to really know that that end goal is yours, not someone else's. Like, don't do the thing just because everybody says, this is what it looks like to be successful. This is, you know, you get messages all day long from our society about what that is. But I don't think it's worth it to be uncomfortable if that's not your goal. And I don't believe in this mindset that is like, always be uncomfortable, always put yourself in a difficult situation. I I don't believe that. I like to instead play to my strengths. And I, I will go be uncomfortable if I need to. But goodness gracious, life is, already hard enough we don't need to make ourselves feel uncomfortable if we don't need to
1: right I totally agree it's like the sort of idea that failing is a good thing well up to a certain point right Right. I mean yeah okay I learned something but so Mm -hmm. somebody who is not risk aversive means that you sort of are able to take all into account the failing the rejection and not let it kind of stick because you're really looking at what you want to do at the end
2: Yes, absolutely. And I would also add to that that you learn by practice that who you are internally, the value, the worth that you are as a human being is not in it is not extricably tied to what I do as a mm-hmm. human being, and so mm-hmm. I, you learn that by practice and saying, you know what, I could completely have a role failure today, but that doesn't mean I'm a personal failure,
1: mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and the
2: practice, I think, helps you keep separating that over and over again, but that's not to say that I don't take a hit on what I would call my identity side, I do, the question is how quickly can I see that it's really not my identity that is wrong or that is failing, how quickly can I see that it was actually the actions I took and the thing I did and maybe I could learn, but I'm not wrong
1: right and so that actually goes with the question that I was going to ask you but I don't have to but just to say that's when that negative internal chatter chatter kind of comes up for you that you're able to try to separate out your work role versus versus your you call it your identity or worth role right Mm
2: -hmm. absolutely we have a saying here at little bird marketing work your work job not your worth job
1: and when you talk to your your staff or a, a like a, a um, young entrepreneur, an ambitious woman, what would you say to her on how to know the difference between your work role and your worth role? Pretend you've made a mistake at work. Mm-hmm. How does that not touch your work? I'm sorry, your worth. Right. And like I said, it does
2: touch it. It's just ideally it would be great if they didn't. (laughs) So in that sense, give yourself a little bit of break. You know, if you need 10 minutes or 10 days to recover your identity because of this big hit you took, then go take that. Be gracious Mm -hmm. to yourself. But the goal is to get your worth back up to a 10. You're a perfect 10. You're a human that deserves every ounce of respect you should get. And even though you don't give yourself that respect because you've taken a hit, get to the point where you can give it back to yourself and just give yourself that time. Now, I think over time, the practice, in my opinion, is what helps us not stay in that for 10 days and how much closer can we get to that in 10 minutes, but it's also about being aware and awake and alive to how I'm feeling because if I really have taken a big worth it, I have a very, very small circle I can go to and say, oh my gosh, I just took a massive mm-hmm. eyesight hit. hit, help me, I'm just, I'm in it and I can't, I can't see past it and they can begin to call those things out in you and, and give you the time to process it and maybe help you see it a few different ways. So not only you're building the practice over time, but you're also building your closest confidants who can truly help you and I want to be that confidant for other people in leadership.
1: Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So, in that early grind phase of business, when things are overwhelming, some of the strategies that you've developed to help overcome that, of course, is your kind of hand-picked support group, right?
2: Yeah, absolutely, and I am a firm believer in getting high-quality expert consultants in.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Okay, and how about getting help in general? That's always been something that you weren't afraid to do?
2: You know, I know. I guess I don't. I, there is an interesting inherent belief inside of me that I'm worth it, that someone should come help me if I ask. Mm-hmm. I don't mm-hmm. think that it is, I don't think I feel entitled to it. I think that people would like to because I also like to help people mm-hmm. and I feel like in relationships, I don't know if you feel this way, but you have relationships that kind of don't get deep over time. And it's usually because those people never ask you for help. And I think yeah. true friendship, true partnership is someone who is someone who needs help and can give help. And I'm both of those people.
1: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. If you wouldn't, if you couldn't ask for help, what do you think would that look like? Anxiety, insecurity, Yeah, anxiety
2: and insecurity, but I think in the end, it's a limited and a limiting life, because Mm -hmm. if you can never get outside of yourself and see someone else's perspective of you, or even learn to have a different perspective of yourself, Mm -hmm. then you are never going to really, I think, travel the distance to all the very, very far corners of who you are as a person because we are kind of a general person here and we, we're very familiar with some of our most familiar you know, concepts and our most familiar methods of operating, but we are very complicated beings. And I think being able to get all the way out to the far edge and see, oh, yeah, Priscilla is a very outgoing person, but you know what's interesting? On the other side, she's actually a very private person to mm-hmm. and that's interesting, and if you don't really explore those things about yourself, you really, really lose out in the end.
1: Right, and somehow it also reminds me of your international upbringing, because if you didn't take advantage of getting help, or being social, or engaging in new cultural, um, you know, uh, things that you were being exposed to, it would have been a very different, maybe anxious, maybe not so fun, maybe not so easy growing up. Right, and
2: there is nothing more humbling than learning another language.
1: (laughs) Right, or trying to put yourself in someone else's culture, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. So following that thought, would you consider yourself someone who hasn't always fit in?
2: Well, I think that's true, and I think probably everybody feels that to some degree. Unfortunately, some people feel it very, very brutally, and they feel it maybe even their own family. Um, Lord knows that in this society, we certainly have made a lot of people feel and a lot of people um, not fit in for our own purposes. But um, have I always felt like I fit in? No, but I didn't really think that I needed to fit in to belong. To me, that's Mm -hmm. really different. Mm Mm-hmm you know, I belong to my family, but I don't always fit in. And I belong to several cultures, but I don't always fit in to them. And I think that's the part that we have to start dissecting. We all as human beings need to fit need to belong like we mm-hmm. I, I don't care if it's a family a you know a a, a, a tribe an elks club i don't care what it is right, right, it's right a tribe and you need one um because that's how we're wired but i don't think we need to fit in and i think us mistaking those things as one and the same is really that causes a lot of problem
1: mm-hmm And fitting in for you, what does that feel like if it's not belonging, if you can just help our listeners understand the difference? Well, sometimes fitting in makes me a little bit worried, to be really honest.
2: (laughs) because sometimes, you know, you accidentally surround yourself with too many people who love every idea that you've ever said. And, you know, as a boss and a CEO, that can be very dangerous because you have the power to create situations where everybody says yes to you. And that's not good, you know, for who you are. And I think I trust more a community where people are able to say no to you and able to help you see things from a different position or able to expand your view of things.
1: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Let me ask you this. Have you ever experienced the imposter syndrome? Maybe when you felt you weren't adequate or worthy? Absolutely.
2: I think anybody who tells you they have not is just absolutely lying through their teeth. Agreed. Yeah, but I, I do think it's so valuable to listen to your life when that comes up. Sometimes, you know, maybe the truth could be, that maybe you are an imposter in this particular thing and that you need to back up and you need to go learn more and you need to, you know, get the kinds of, you know, uh, uh, education or experience before coming into this. So some of it can be true, but also some of it can be very false and these horrible narratives. And, you know, you, we talked about it a little earlier, but also a mutual friend of ours, Joanna Bloor, she calls it the itty-bitty shitty committee. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's That's <laughs> cute. Yeah, and it lives in your brain. And I think sometimes it tells you in a... In, you're an imposter when you're not. And so that's why I think you have to really surround yourself with people who you trust, their opinion, who are willing to say no to you because the reality is, is that that narrative comes up sometimes when we're anxious. Um, you know, and it is a mechanism to help us really reevaluate. I think, you know, our you know brain science, our, our body is trying to tell us, hey, don't get yourself into a situation where you don't know how to get out of it. That's a very mm-hmm. healthy, healthy, you know, mm-hmm. communication from your person, <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, but sometimes it is so false and you have to go, oh, that's interesting. I'm
1: feeling that, and yet it's so not true. Mm-hmm. Like to know the difference between... I'm scared versus maybe I don't have what it takes really and I should kind of figure that out first
2: or talk to somebody first. Right. And you also have to think about how you set up the situation like I get very anxious sometimes when I'm about ready to speak but I'm an expert on that particular subject matter. But no expert knows everything. So for me, I can even walk through that imposter syndrome a little bit just by saying at the beginning with my listeners, you know, I'm an expert in this, this, and this, but there's no possible way I could understand this, this, and this. So I'm going to do my level best to tell you what I know, knowing that there's something bigger out there. But I hope that what I offer today helps. And that just brings down the stress immediately. Absolutely, because then you're really living in the strength of who you are and not trying to make the circle bigger or not having to deal with the stress of everybody else maybe making you feel like the circle of your expertise needs to be bigger. You just are who you are, and you are coming with the sense that I'm going to do my best right in this moment to be the person who serves you, and that can be really liberating. Mm -hmm,
1: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Let me ask you this question: um, You know, for our young, ambitious entrepreneurs out there, sometimes what's happened at ho- at home can also impact how you feel on the job. Do you have any you know experience with that, or can you share some um, help in terms of how important it is to be have a strong mental health support system behind you, because it's tough going making your own business. Oh wow, absolutely,
2: <laughs> 100%. I mean, people here at my where I work know if I'm not having a good time at home. It's just, I mean, it's just so obvious. I get so much strength from my home life. Um, I'm, you know, coming into, uh, you know, three decades of marriage and I, there's such a huge strength there that mm-hmm. I have never, you know, made any bones about being very clear about. My husband's incredibly supportive. He's been a stay-at-home dad for the last uh, 18, years and he has supported me in everything that I do even when I've come home and announced to him that you know I've lost 50 grand or Mm -hmm, you know mm -hmm. maybe we're not going to make it this next month or oh my gosh I made a horrible situation and and I don't know what the legal ramifications are but I'm Mm -hmm, scared and just mm -hmm. to be able to hold that space for me
1: Mm -hmm. it blows me away all the time. Mm -hmm. Very lucky. That's an incredible, yes. incredible support system to have.
2: Mm-hmm. And
1: what do you talk to your staff, or if you were to mentor a young uh, entrepreneur about that?
2: Well, I say every chance that you get to have counseling or therapy, therapy, please get it, number one. Mm-hmm. <laughs> just, I so wholeheartedly believe in it. This, You know, you're worth it. You're worth stopping and talking about yourself and thinking through things and looking at who you are and flipping it upside down and, and looking at it from every angle. It To me, not getting counseling or not getting therapy to me, that is the root of it to me of a, a worth issue like you're mm-hmm. worth it you're, you're so mm-hmm. worth it this is the one life you have this is the little box that you live in so I really encourage you know people to get uh, counseling and therapy whatever they would call it however they want it right. to, uh, you know, to couch it um, the other thing is is that I invest a lot in professional development that I think is very in alignment with that from mm-hmm. you know uh, personality coaching to you know talking about conflict at work and trust You know factors also this whole idea that we say about working your work job and not your work job like we need to have very hard and critical conversations with each other but we cannot trash each other and that's so Mm -hmm, important mm -hmm, to keeping people healthy
1: right and there's this theme that kind of goes along what we're talking about is just it the more perspectives the better because that allows things to kind of get turned over and looked at maybe in a different shift to go forward
2: I could not agree more and also having an environment where you can mess up and someone goes, okay, I'm going to cut you some slack on that. There are really? times as the boss where I have to say, you know, as a person, I'm like, okay, you know, this is serious. This is a, this is a role failure and I have to be able to call that out. But mm-hmm. there's a lot of gray area with how other people deal with things and you have to also try and cultivate that environment where people can just give each other a break sometimes too and say, okay, I, that's not what you intended. Let's kind of move forward and let's save that conflict for when it really is going to result in something positive here.
1: Mm-hmm. Well, last question. How, what do you think having good founder DNA is and how would you evaluate someone having this? Oh, good founder
2: of DNA at the core <laughs> of it. Let me tell you, it is tenacity. <laughs> it's just, you cannot give up. You can't give up on yourself. And I would not say that you can't give up on your dream. By all means, give up on a particular dream, because guess what? You can dream a new one. It mm-hmm. doesn't matter mm-hmm. if something that you dream up doesn't pan out. That's okay. You just can never give up on yourself and that to me is at the found at the at the foundation of you know of founder dna
1: uh, are other are areas that you think are important to sort of think about in terms of being able to open your own business
2: nothing that we've talked about here it, it can be done without serious self reflection
1: mm-hmm, mm-hmm.
2: you okay. have to be able to see yourself to think differently about yourself to be okay with a little ambiguity and, you know, you think about even like COVID, it's just like nobody knew things, you know, everybody's coming to you as an owner and saying, what's this, what's this, what's this, what's next, you know, mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. there's times when you have to be able to say, I don't know, I'm right here, I understand that it's very hard, I don't have all answers, I'll tell you what I know today.
1: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And be mindful of the internal chatter, Right.
2: Absolutely. And to know too that everybody else is experiencing their own internal chatter. Good. So if you can be empathetic, your personal chatter is not someone else's and even on days that you're okay, other people aren't and you need to just allow for that. Mm-hmm. Great.
1: Love it. Um, believe it or not, we're at the end and I wanted to ask you if you'd share with our audience how they might be able to find something else about you. Yes, um,
2: absolutely. Uh, com is our website. We are overtly helpful marketers, so there's tons of resources out there, but I really make myself available, especially to women in our industry, uh, just anything that they need to, to, to take the next step in their career. Anybody can find me on LinkedIn at Priscilla McKinney.
1: Okay. And, um, thank you so much Priscilla for being on today.
2: Leslie, this was so fun and very, very insightful and interesting questions.
1: I appreciate it. That's nice of you. Thank you so much. And um, we'll talk soon.
0: This podcast is brought to you by Women Entrepreneurs Global, the first startup studio and digital DIY startup platform for women. For more information on her guests, this podcast and many other female founder programs, please visit womenentrepreneurs.global. We believe in open and non-stigmatizing dialogue about the hidden psychological difficulties experienced by many successful entrepreneurs and highlighting the strategies used to overcome them, such as the fear of failure, of not being good enough, and that loud, chattering internal critic is critical to helping other founders achieve success. Please join her next week for more Mindset for Success stories. That was Dr. Leslie Knudsen, and you can drop her a line at dr.lesleyknudsen at Knudsen.com.